Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. This is day three of an interview with Dave Zock from the band Remedy Drive. Now, David, he's heavily involved in the fight against human trafficking, as we are. That's what makes this such an interesting uh, broadcast. He's been using his music to bring awareness and light into the darkness of slavery. As we close the last show, we were discussing racial tension in America and how we should deal with this subject as believers. We're going to roll back the audio just a bit as I pick up the conversation on this edition of The Victor Mark Show. I researched Black Lives Matter. Our organization has an intelligence arm, right, where we have analysts and we we have to find out. Horrible mission statement to dissolve. They really were out to dissolve the family and the black man. The three women that started this all I mean, it's outright, nothing hidden. These aren't, these are true facts. Practicing witches, a form of witchcraft. And I remember, this is what I said. This is such an incredible opportunity for change in our nation if the movement doesn't get hijacked. You know, man, this could be good. And I remember engaging and I had black pastor friends say, Victor, yeah, you could definitely make a difference but they won't listen to you because of the color of your skin. And I said, all right, fair enough. But I said, Christians better be praying that evil doesn't take over this movement. And to me, that's what ended up happening. Can it change? Yes. Because right now there's fighting amongst that organization because one of the founders just bought two homes in Southern California in a predominantly white neighborhood and is spending millions. So, what she says she believes and what she's doing are two different things. But you flip the coin to the other side. Remember protests going on in the street? There was one that I posted where people were getting in front of a truck with a horse trailer. I think it got up to 15 million views. Like, it was unbelievable. Hmm. But people started writing. Now, those listening, this is what I call kind of the extreme Christianized radicalized far right or whatever you want to say they were saying if i was in that truck i'd just run them over i had to come back on i made the post and i said did anybody actually watch they were young people throwing water bottles at the guy's truck well one threw a smoke grenade i said yeah it didn't end up in the truck it went over it i said he responded appropriately he didn't react and he wasn't going to run over anybody And I remember asking people, have you ever killed anybody? Have you seen people die in front of you in mass ways? You just think you just run over people? And what I tried to tell them, you're making decisions based on fear. Hmm. Not, Not solid reasoning. Not the love of God. I'm concerned about both ends. That the enemy will stir up. And then people kind of in the middle going, whoa, this is extreme. It goes back to that narrative. And uh, we have to speak the truth in love, but we have to love. And I, I've got a 
spiritual son from Compton that never died, exceptional athlete, and actually smarter. His intellect was better than his athletic skill, and he played for several clubs, very successful, well-known. And when this thing hit, he would text me. He'd say, Papa, easy what you're posting. Hmm. It's inflammatory. And I would go, Kev, no, it's just truth. I'm concerned about, and he would text me, I love you, but it's, Kevin, what am I saying? He goes, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying. So guess what? I started pumping my brakes, backing off. It kind of got me a little bit because I'm, you know, God bless America, Marine. Yeah. And I started listening. And I would encourage people out there, be willing to listen. Don't be so afraid you can't listen to people's stories to understand what they're feeling. It doesn't make them right. doesn't make you wrong. Just listen, communicate. Um, I just backed up a whole lot with another story. Tell me what you think. Well, I love it that you have someone in your life that's black. <laughs> and they he was able to tell you, hey, this is how this is being interpreted. Because any of us that nudge, you know, we're all, we're all potentially radicalizing our neighbor with social media. Yeah. That's a sign in your yard. And if the sign that you put in your yard on your real estate or someone, someone on your real estate put a sign that says run, you know, run those people over and you see that all the time. And then you look at that person's um, bio and it says follower of Jesus, right? <laughs> so often those ugly comments have, are coming from us and the whole world sees it. And then, and then if you just look at Pew Research, if you just look at the way that the black church, the black evangelical church in America talks about these issues. It's completely different than the way the white evangelical church talks about these issues, specifically race in America, what it's like to be black in America. And we're talking about an issue, you know, the, the most segregated time of, of the week and any given week is Sunday morning. That's the most segregated moment in the week. And Dr. King was demonized by Christians. That's what, that's what the letter from Birmingham jail would be. Like, read that, read the way. And, and people, people will reference Martin Luther King Jr. and say, he did it right. No, he, he tried so hard to keep that violent faction from showing up, but they did his last, his last March in Memphis, a week before they killed him. The reason he went back to Memphis was to try again. It ended in rioting and looting. And he Mm -hmm. said, the, the riot is the language of the unheard. So what if we, as the Christian community decided to stop yelling and responding and just listen for a while. Just listen. What is what is the black community saying? And if we're not comfortable with the organization Black Lives Matter, there's plenty of voices. For sure. There are a few black voices that are getting propped up disproportionately by the white evangelical community um, that support, you know, our bias. But the the vast majority have a consistent narrative that I've been trying to listen to for the past decade. And it's really changed my life and it's changed the way I see this issue. And it's not going to go away, but that we have such an opportunity, like you said, to be the tip of the spear in this, in this discussion, rather than leaving, leaving a vacuum, right? Leaving, leaving an open space for any other organizations or voices to step up that we then criticize the way they're doing it. Well, why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we on the front lines of justice? Do you think the voices that are propped up by the white evangelical world uh, do you think there's any validity in what they're saying? 
That's the thing is that from their experience. Yeah. Their experience, you can't deny somebody's experience. Um, but then on the other hand, not everybody has that experience of that particular pundit. The, The vast majority of the voices that I've talked to, they're unheard. The writing that happens is a result of a group of people saying the same thing for decades and uh, a f- failure of our society to listen. Like I get offended when I'm called a racist because I'm a white man who's privileged. There's a danger in stereotyping groups. That's why I don't, I don't use the term racism. I use the term prejudice. I go there. There are people prejudice everywhere, yeah. but as far as systemic as a whole white people prejudice against black, I don't see that. I still don't. But when people tell me you're a racist, you don't even know it. You have white privilege. I go, I lived in a trailer park. Hmm. I was tortured and left for dead in a commercial cooler. I was raped as a kid. Are you yeah. tell me the privilege I have again? And you know, I mean, I got out of it by joining the Marine Corps, just like guys to my right and left who were Hispanic, black, other countries, Asian. It's like, hey, man, we have a personal responsibility to do the best we can. I do think there's a limit on victimized people playing the victim where it's dangerous if you compare it to the word of God, if he says we're more than overcomers. Hmm. Uh, We can do more, you know, uh, above and beyond what we could ever think. But the issues that are real should be addressed in civil discourse. And then what change can we make? I mean, I've been reaching marginalized kids for decades who are incarcerated. And believe me, you want to use the term white evangelical professional ministry? The consultants were telling me you can't tell your constituency you're reaching you know kids who are incarcerated especially you know there's a flavor kids of color you know that that's where the prejudice comes in because what they're saying is you won't get support and i'll Hmm. never forget at a board meeting i went but it's what i'm doing and who i'm reaching yeah so what do you i fired the guy Mm. Uh, he was a consultant right there. I said, y'all brought him on. You're gone. We don't need you. And I said, if God wants to bless what we're doing, he'll do it. All of a sudden, guess what? Money started coming in. God's saying, yeah, I've got it. You just love unconditionally, regardless of anything. What you just said reminded me, I talked to a youth pastor from, from Franklin, Tennessee. He's no longer at this church, but he realized that his big building was right in the middle of an underprivileged neighborhood with mostly black students there. And their youth group was 100% white, 100% white. And he's went to a senior pastor. He said, hey, we got all these programs. We all drive into this region, these people's right. neighborhood. We sing songs and pray, and then we leave. And he's like, why aren't we, you know, why don't we have any anything f- for the families of this neighborhood? And the senior pastor said, uh, you're young, you're naive, and I don't think Ooh. you realize how much work those people are. And for me, that's symbolic. He said it out loud. He said a terrible thing out loud. And I don't care what you call it. It's racially insensitive at the very least. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think not, not most of us don't say that, but there's an element to that in the way that we live our lives. And, uh, 
I don't know how to change it other than just, I mean, if I sit down, <laughs> I'm, I'm different. And for the most part, I can't tell if this has ever backfired. It's always seemed pleasant. But if I sit down next to you and you're a black woman flying out of Chicago, I'm going to ask you, what's been your experience being a black woman living on the South side of Chicago? That's what I've been doing for 10 years now, man. And mm. the answers I get have informed. I, so now I have a choice. I'm going to believe that woman or I'm not going to believe her. That's really and, interesting. Yeah. I, talk, I ask that question all the time. Like my neighbors, the first time I met them, I was like, it just comes up in conversation. And I, I try very hard to, to make sure that um, the person I'm talking to knows that I'm someone that's safe to talk to honestly. And once that filter's removed, right, um, you, you see a different picture. And all those, all those things that you said, like, you know, I grew up in, in a trailer park. I don't see privilege. I don't, I'm not sure what that, a lot of that has become clear to me what's being said. I think this conversation, there's so much talking past each other that, um, and then there's, uh, I don't know all the language that people use when they're talking about arguments and stuff, but it seems like there's a straw man possibly being built. And then that straw man's being right. taken down. Uh, and it's easy. We're winning arguments, but we're losing people in the process of winning the argument or being right. Wait, say that again. Please. <laughs> we might be winning these arguments, you know, and, and you have a lot of really smart pundits that, that can just destroy you know, an atheist in five minutes or destroy Black Lives Matter in five minutes or whatever. So we might be winning the argument, but we're losing human beings in the process. And that's scary to me. That's powerful. That's really good. Well, I think we better move to the next subject because this is going <laughs> so good. I'm not going to stop it. Tell your kids I apologize for them having to stay off their their internet service. I don't know if they're hearing me or not, Victor, but I'm glad that I'm being a lot more open with you about this than I'm usually comfortable with. Cause I know this is something that to talk the way I'm talking, will get you canceled in Christian circles for sure. Yeah, for, um, sure. for sure. But, um, you know, my daughter has a history of this and then my son uh, dealt with this in Brentwood. Like he dealt with, they were part of a, in my kids, uh, high school, there was a bunch of kids, like 50 kids that were part of these online gaming apps that were using explicitly racist la racial language, the name Ugh. of the, and right. the response from so many parents was really devastating. Church, yeah, church parents. Um, so it's really something that our family is paying a lot of attention to. Well, we, we, you know, that's called hypocrisy. Yeah. It's just basic hypocrisy. So David, we're going to continue and I didn't want to preface our our time together with this, but obviously, 200 million people followed our social media platforms last year. We had 200 million impressions. Wow! You know, 50 some million engagements. We're we're at 152 million this year already. So we're we're going through the roof. That's great. But it's the way I. It, it is just who I am, right? and kind of what I represent for some people. But I so love you speaking like this, and I'm kind of an antagonist. I'm genuine in my antagonism, but yeah. I, I know what we're doing, Yeah. right? We're not going to move the person who's far extreme right, but what we're doing is moving that person who's on the right, who's pretty, they're not critical thinkers, yeah. and they're just repeating what they see on social media. 
So the way you're doing it naturally, and you are being more open, you know how you said, this is beautiful. This is where we can win more people. And I would love it the same way if there's someone from the inner city or people in my black audience listening going, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize Victor, I thought he was a little bit more hard-lined. Hmm. He seems to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've done counter-messaging in the Middle East for a number of years, and that's what we try to do here, both in counter-messaging that, you know, the enemy's lies, but but then how people think. Because hmm. I've said this, and people are like, ooh, the most violent, dangerous people it's not the black lives matter or the antifa these are kids it's the white you know extremists that have money and guns and it's not going to work taking the guns away from them you got to change their hearts it's these people go i'll just run over them all day long it's like holy and and i see evil always look above people and i see evil the battle the enemy inciting, inciting stuff going. Uh, so I don't, I don't ever do it hardly right. But when I do, God blesses it. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Lord. So, you know, the one thing, you know, we could talk about apathy in a church, but if you, if we just go straight to the worst thing I think is happening beyond racism, as some people feel beyond prejudice, beyond lack of doctrine, whatever, not reaching marginalized, I think the the most incredible horrific dark fruit of christianity is abuse in the church that goes covered up unspoken and people are victimized and the evangelical world sure sure pointed straight fingers at the catholic church but i'm just telling my listeners right now it has been in the evangelical world systemic i will use that word because it's i know we do counter pedophile work we see and hear the abuse cases and i'll just tell you in the near future christians need to be prepared for what's coming because there's going to be a Mm. lot of exposure i mean when ravi zacharias who was a friend we've spoken together at conferences when all that came out and i out of integrity, shared it. People came against me saying, why in the world would you share about Robert? He's a, he's an icon. He's a legend. I said, yeah, he's a predator. I said, he, hmm. he is reaping consequences even after his death. I love the work he did, the body of work and how God used him, but he really hurt a lot of people, people surrounding him, covered it up. And how hypocritical would that be of me? Someone who pursues those who abuse people, to say, well, he's such an icon and a bestseller in Christianity, and I know him. No, I, I won't do that. I, I just spoke the truth. So I will tell those listening and watching, be praying, because I think the house of God is being cleaned. It's got to start with the, the abuse of children and youth in our churches and then the covering up of it. But listen, uh, I mean, do you want to say anything about that? I am really open with my children. Mm. Like down here, and and this this is going to sound weird. It might take a second for you to understand why. But down here, when I moved from Nebraska to Tennessee, uh, people call us like 
kids would call me Mr. David. Right. <laughs> sounds dumb, first of all. But um, like I said, hey, if you're going to call me anything, call me King David. But I was kidding, <laughs> obviously. But I've always been reluctant. Like I grew up with an abusive leader of a church organization that we had to call him Brother George. So spiritual abuse. Yes. And, but not just spiritual abuse. He was, he was abusive too. And, um, there's an element of respect. There's a line of respect that is so far crossed. I think that we prop up and idolize leaders, Yes, whether it's political or spiritual. And that is not only awful for us, but I think that element of idolizing and giving such trust. And, and when, when people say, Hey, you can't talk about a man of God that way. I think it's just all contributing to, to this issue. Cause I've played at festivals where the, where, where it turns out fe- festival leaders, Christian festival leaders, camp directors, that can cook article was just yep. devastating because it Horrific. seems like it's the same article over yeah. and over again. And it all has to do with this, this level of trust that is Id- idolatrous that we give to people in, in positions of authority and empowerment that they don't deserve. And, and that, that yeah. is the danger and it turns into idolatry. Well, I'm glad to hear your heart on that. And there's more forthcoming people pray because, you know, pray. There's so many hurting people, marriages messed up, kids who are sideways, and it all boils down to they were abused and need healing. And I think that's the, the biggest problem that we have in our culture over everything abuse when we were talking about racism and all that meant you know there's abuse in every culture white black white, it, we have to deal with that which fuels so much hate and people need to be held up and filled with love we need to and i'm and i'm trusting the lord to continue to work but as we close i there's a couple of things i want us to play a sample of one of your songs and and how can people best find your music or find out about you, David? If you go to remedydrive.com, that, that's the best way. Wherever you listen to music, it's there. The new album's called Imago Amor, which to the best of my ability is me putting to lyric and melody pretty much everything that you and I have been talking about these past wow. couple episodes. I'm downloading it as soon as I get off. And I would encourage people, yeah. The title track says we're made for each other in the image of love. Wow. Strangers and neighbors in wonder we're all alike. We're captivated and exiled under the same stars tonight. We made peace when we were younger before we learned to fight. Every grain of sand is numbered in the first light. You're you're just a poet, brother. Once again, I'm just I just <laughs> curate stuff that I hear. Or any of the songs in Espanol? Just the just the word amor. Because uh, Amago Dei is, you know, obviously the image of God. So Amor is Spanish for love. But eventually I'll write a song in Spanish. That would be good. That's where that song, Caravan Princess, it's where it's supposed to be played for anybody that's involved in that particular well, work of love. We will get it out. And I encourage my listeners, download this guy's album right away. You will enjoy it. David, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great meeting you and having you on the show, brother. It's an honor meeting you, man. I love you, brother. Love you too. Well, what a great three-day show this has been. And if you've missed any of the first two days, be sure to go back to victormarks.com. You can check it out there.
as we repurpose these radio shows for our podcast. Now, as we close today, let's listen to a short piece from the title track of Remedy Drive's newest album, Amago Amor. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Full throttle. Hey, go get it done, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.